Welcome to the Hydrogen Struggles Leadership Podcast, the premier provider of leadership consulting, culture shaping, and senior level executive search services. Every day, we're privileged to talk with fascinating people who are shaping the future through their leadership and vision. Each episode, you'll hear a different perspective from thought leaders and innovators. Thanks for listening to the Hydrogen Struggles Leadership Podcast. Hi, I'm Adam Howe, Principal at Hydrogen Struggles and a member of Hydro Consulting. In today's podcast, I'm speaking to Simon Brown, Chief Learning Officer at Novartis, one of the leading global pharmaceutical companies based in Switzerland. Simon is also co-author of the book, The Curious Advantage, and co-host of the Curious Advantage podcast. At Novartis, Simon leads the strategy to go big on learning in support of the company-wide culture transformation to become curious, inspired, and unbossed. Simon, welcome, and thank you for making the time to speak with us today. Thank you, Adam. Great to be here. In the current global situation, leaders have had a challenging job both to make their organizations thrive and to also be themselves the driving force of organizational resilience. What have you personally learned about leadership during this period? Yeah, so it's been a tough year. And I think one of the big things this year is how to balance all of the different things that we've been seeing. So both work commitments, remote working, family commitments, the fear. So I think for me personally, it was uh, how do I adapt to a new situation? So seeing all of all of these changes and almost throwing away some of the things that we'd learned from before and uh, having to adapt to something no one had ever seen and is your personal experience consistent with that of the leaders that you're interacting with every day? If I think back to the, the beginning of the pandemic, we were all figuring out you know, what, what's the best way to, to deal with that situation. I mean, within Novartis, we had 60,000 people move to remote working over the course of a weekend. And certainly people I was interacting with, we were trying to figure out how can we best support that. And yeah, you, you're, you're not drawing on you know, having ever experienced that situation before. You're trying to do the best in the ambi- ambiguity that is there. Yeah, no playbook for it. So um, Exactly. And, and speaking of books, um, in your book, The Curious Advantage, you state that curiosity is key for organizations, leaders and individuals in order to thrive in a digital world. Could you explain to us why curiosity is so important now and how it connects to an executive success? Yeah, and I think this year is a, a prime example of that. So um, the world is getting faster. There's, there's acceleration through technology and other change. Um, I think it was Justin Trudeau who said a couple of years ago that uh, the pace of change has never been this fast, but it will never be this slow again. So, And we all feel it every day. And in that ambiguity, I think curiosity is, is one of the answers to how we can navigate through it. That If we're curious, we're asking questions we're looking to find out different ways of doing things we're experimenting we're, we're testing things out um, for an organization that's great for, because we can we can experiment we can test we can find what the answer is we can see what works what doesn't and as an organization navigate through that ambiguity I think from a, a leadership perspective there's a key role for our leaders to be able to create an environment where teams can be curious create psychological safety 
and and we can go into more detail around the the, the importance of of a leader in creating that that safety and at an individual level there's um, through our research for the book there was a lot of benefits that we found from being curious so uh, there's some more obvious ones like curiosity helps you actually learn things um, and that's at a neurological level that it actually fires up the hippocampus and, and helps you retain knowledge better but also research in Harvard Business Review talks about how curiosity actually helps communication skills um, because you're you're interested to hear what others saying because of the your curious as, as to what it helps um, team reduced conflict within a team because you're thinking you're curious why would someone hold that opinion tell me more I'd like to understand why you have a different view to me and that curiosity helps there uh, there was also research done by INSEAD around how actually curiosity drives greater innovation as well um, so that that helps at an individual level but it also you know helps at an organization level as well Great. And I think I'm right in saying the, the book project started way before this pandemic played out, but actually it feels like the, the lessons learned and the toolkit within the book, which we'll come into in a second, are even more relevant um, in, in times of such change. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the the book came about from um, a couple of people in the space of two weeks saying you should write a book about the the story of what we were doing at Novartis around curiosity, and it evolved from there. And we we speeded up the launch of it because we saw it being so timely with the with what was going on with the pandemic that actually um, curiosity is a way to help navigate through those uncertain times. And perhaps just taking a double click into the the model of the book, could you tell us a bit more? about the seven C's and perhaps a couple of tips of how people could apply them. So the model came about because we were we were looking at a lot of the research around curiosity and we were trying to bucket it into different areas and um, uh, we suddenly realised that five of the different areas uh, began with the letter C um, and uh, that got us into to playing could we actually find you know, seven of the buckets that actually all all tied to the seven C's um, and then you get into sort of sailing the seven C's and a, a, a journey of curiosity so there was there was a nice pun there but uh, that that was what brought it about. You know, what is the seven C's? So maybe if I walk you through, it's really a model for how you can be more curious, either at an individual level or at a team level. It starts with context. So actually understanding that the context you're in and what it is you, you want to be curious about. The second C is community. So once you know what it is you're curious about, who's the community that can help you on there? So who are the guides? Who are the people that you can learn from their experience? Who can challenge your thinking as you go about that? So reaching out and finding that community. Third one then is curation. So when you found your community, uh, actually you, you get a whole load of information. So filtering through that information, curating it down to what's going to be relevant to help you and what it is that you're curious about and what are the things actually you can, you can disregard. The fourth then is creativity. So bringing your own ideas, uh, asking your own questions uh, to explore that curiosity. And this comes then in, in um, conjunction with the next one, which is construction of actually putting your ideas into action, because just sitting there and wondering about something isn't enough. You need to test it out. You need to experiment. And we talk about creativity and construction as our curiosity engine, because those two sort of go in partnership. 
So with construction, you, you've tried something, you've experimented, you've tested, uh, and then you get some results. And that brings you to the sixth, which is criticality. So applying a critical lens to the results that you've seen, being aware of any biases that you brought. So is it confirmation bias that is actually just confirming what you thought you would find out from it? Uh, are there other biases there? So being truly critical to see what are the results actually telling you? What can you learn? Uh, what can you take away? And through our research, that brought us to the seventh C, uh, which is confidence. And through actually that process of being curious, uh, we found curiosity actually builds confidence. And arguably, that takes you back to the start and, and could almost be the first of the seven Cs, because with that confidence, you can be bolder to be more curious, ask bigger questions, do bigger experiments. So in terms of how you apply it you know, at an individual or a team level, you can take a model like the seven C's, figure out what it is that you're curious and then work through who's your community, yeah, what's the information that's relevant for you, what your own creative ideas, how do you put those into action through through construction, checking through what the results actually tell you uh, and that building your confidence. Yeah, I can see how it's kind of perpetual and, and it becomes kind of self-fulfilling and Exactly, a sort of virtuous circle, yeah. And if we were to think about kind of curiosity in your in your day job as the chief learning officer at Novartis, um, I guess I'd be curious to understand how the learning function is developed in response to the crisis, and also what role has encouraging curiosity played in Novartis in response to the crisis, but more broadly in learning. So curiosity is a key part of the culture within Novartis. So as you mentioned at the start, we have a culture of inspired, curious and unbossed. Uh, and behind curiosity is learning, but is also experimentation. It's asking questions, etc. And so as a learning function over the last couple of years, we've been looking at how do we support that culture of curiosity? So how do we encourage people to take the time to learn? Uh, how do we make sure that there's great learning opportunities available? How do we encourage that, that constant sort of questioning and, and experimentation? Um, when we looked at what the barriers were to, to learning, what we saw was that uh, one of the most common um, barriers is I don't have time. What that really means is learning is being prioritised behind all of the other things that I also need to do. We also saw the barriers around managers not supporting. So one of the things as a company we set was an aspiration that people could spend 5% of their time or 100 hours a year in actually learning and building their skills and being curious and so we've been working the last couple of years towards uh, that aspiration to create the space so that, that people can actually learn. And with the pandemic, uh, that, that was also helpful then that we'd put a lot of learning resources in to support that aspiration around curiosity. And we could then use those to support what was needed through uh, the support for in particular uh, working remotely. So the week after we had um, it was a significant chunk of our workforce move to remote working, we were able to very quickly curate and point them towards learning interventions around things like you, how to use Microsoft Teams, how to manage your time uh, when working from home. Over time, we were also then able to point towards things for resilience and work with some of the, the partners uh, across the business to support people in uh, apps around resilience and mindfulness and, and so forth as well. So uh, I guess a, a range of things in order to be able to support up to the pandemic, but also then you know, adapting that for, for the new needs that came about uh, post it. Uh, as well as actually extending our learning beyond the company as well. So um, we were able to support friends and family of Novartis Associates through access to Coursera, uh, over 
12,000 uh, friends and family members took advantage of, of that, um, as well as supporting Khan Academy, a not-for-profit that provides schooling, which I would recommend for your listeners if they have children at home or uh, who aren't uh, getting distance learning through school, then Khan Academy is a fantastic free site that has amazing learning for uh, actually not just for school kids, but uh, for all of us. <laughs> And if we think about the farmer industry, um, it's been in the spotlight in, in reaction to the pandemic. And, you know, it's going to be more front and center for this kind of new normal that we're living in. So I guess looking forward, what plans does Novartis have to stay at the forefront of learning and development? One of the issues is how how do we further develop that curiosity culture? So work towards that that aspiration around time spent learning new skills, but also how do we learn more informally in terms of um, learning from what works, but in particular learning from what doesn't work. So uh, so, something I think um, many organizations can improve is how how do we learn from failure? How do we learn from the things that that maybe don't go exactly to plan? We capture that learning and share that to other parts of the organization where it works. So that's one of of the areas we're we're looking at at the moment is better sharing that positive and negative learning from uh, things that happen across the organization. That's very timely, I guess, given what everyone is experiencing at the moment. Very much so. Yeah. And if we took a, a broader look um, at talent and kind of talent retention and talent acquisition, and I'd be interested to kind of understand how Novartis has been attracting the right talent and being able to more broadly develop people internally. Yeah, so something I go into in a bit more detail in the book actually is that the why um, we took the decision back February 2019 to actually go big on learning uh, and it supports that talent attraction piece that, that you raised there. So we made two cases for why as a company we made the decision to go big on learning in support of, of that goal around curiosity or culture around curiosity. Uh, one was attraction and retention of the best talent uh, and the second was uh, supporting the skills that we need in order to deliver against the company strategy. So a lot lot of the research externally shows that learning is either the top or one of the top reasons that people join an organization. We had a lot of data points internally as well that learning was something that people found very important. So there was there was demand for for it from within the company, demand externally, and and to retain talent, we needed to get great at learning. And then on the skills side, in order to deliver against the company strategy, Going big on data and digital, operational excellence, those are areas that required new skills. There's also a lot of research out there from the likes of Gartner that shows a third of people have learned a new-to-world skill in the last three years, so a skill that didn't previously exist, maybe something like um, blockchain or even data science in, in some of its current forms. Uh, and then uh, nearly 20% of the skills that we all use today are, uh, will, will have expired in three years' time as well. So you've got new skills coming, you know, skills we're relying on are, are expiring. We need to get great at, at building new skills. So that was sort of the, the rationale behind you know, why to invest in learning. If we want to attract and retain the right people and have the skills to deliver against the strategy, um, that was a key factor behind it. Yeah, and I'm assuming in this kind of VUCA world that we're all living in, that, that trend is only going to go one way so there's exactly. a need to continue to uh, acquire new skill sets through um, learning development capability building is going to be something that becomes increasingly important yeah, I mean, there was a, um, a great example where Gartner did a, um, an investigation into organizations that were using blockchain in 2018, and only 1% of CIOs uh, said they were doing anything with blockchain. 
you look at two years later, LinkedIn learning uh, survey of top skills uh, in 2020, blockchain number one in demand skill. So in, in the space of two years, it's gone from you know, 1% of CIOs saying they're doing anything with blockchain to top of the list in demand skill. So that's the, the pace some of these technical skills are, are changing. Uh, and I guess maybe on non-technical skills, besides curiosity, what other leadership traits do you believe are key to a future leader's success? I think there are many. Personally, I think humility and actually not needing to know all of the answers. So actually being confident in not knowing uh, and not having to project a view that you do know all of the answers. And that ties a little into our, our unbossed principle that we have within Novartis. But creating a a great team, a diverse team, and then the safety for uh, and the encouragement for that team to be able to share the ideas so that you can come up with, with better uh, solutions than any one person would be able to do. I think also ability to inspire, and in particular, you know, if I look over the last year, then to create a sense of purpose in the team to, uh, to motivate us through the, the hard times that, that so many of us experienced over the last months. And then a final question, we'll, we'll perhaps end where we started around resilience. And I'd be curious to understand what you believe is the single most important thing Novartis is doing to reset for resilience. One of the biggest things is just recognising how hard it is for people at the moment, recognising the difficulty that, that people are going through, whether they're you know, in a lockdown situation, whether they're juggling with young children that may be at home without space to uh, to actually work, whether they're potentially you know, loved ones maybe um, suffering or, or at high risk from uh, the pandemic. I think just recognising what everyone is experiencing at the moment and then providing the flexibility and the support so that um, people can can manage through that in in a way that works best for them. I think that's one of the the biggest pieces, whether that's supporting with learning, whether that's access to uh, resilience and mindfulness apps, whether that's flexible working and the ability for people to to work from a location that works from them. All all of those pieces go in to to make sure that we're, we're trying to support associates. Simon, thank you very much for making the time to speak with us today. Can you let people know where they can find the book? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, Curious Advantage, it's available on Amazon. Uh, and also, if you're interested in podcasts, there's a podcast that goes with it as well through Spotify or iTunes. Just search up on Curious Advantage. Thanks for having me, Adam. Thanks, Simon. Talk soon. Thanks for listening to the Hydrogen Struggles Leadership Podcast. To make sure you don't miss more future shaping ideas and conversations, please subscribe to our channel on the podcast app. And if you're listening via LinkedIn, Twitter, or YouTube, why not share this with your connections? Until next time.